This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Keto! Uh, that's, yeah, with the uh, Planet Pheromone, of course. I feel like all Indeed, men so. might come from Planet Pheromone. Do you think so as well? I was worried when I saw that second ending. I was like, he's not going to be an alien, is he? <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need for this show to take another left turn, huh? I would have been like, I, 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 I would not like that. Because like she, because she was calling, like, she was starting to call him like a perverted alien. Yes. And I'm like... Oh no! Please don't let, let, let that be. Well, actually, music Chen. Uh, okay. No, I think yeah, I think that would. I don't think I would have liked it as much. I think I would have been against that. Um, I'm happy that it stays to a certain extent realistic, but I guess realistic. You think it's realistic? <laughs> it said to a certain extent. But, uh, but that extent is hard to see. Gotham City, like any other large metropolis, abounds in girls of all shapes and sizes. Debutantes, nurses, stenographers, and librarians. Gotham City Library, Miss Gordon speaker. Lopez hair removal, this is Jose. Holy transformation. One minute, plain Barbara Gordon, librarian and Commissioner Gordon's daughter. And the next minute... Something new has been added. Batgirl, modeled after her idol, Batman. Holy apparition! No, boy, wonder I'm Batgirl. You are no longer alone, Cape Crusaders. It took me three years to track down the Jade Gato, and three more to figure out how to steal it. Funny, it only took me ten minutes to figure out how to snatch it back. No matter how you do it, crime doesn't pay, girls. Look
Sawate, mihi nomen est Stella at Hawk Est Backworld Oracle, the Barbara Gordon Podcast, episode 188, Shipper Special number nine for February MMXX. I love shippers. Let me tell you about shippers. Get over your own shipping bullshit. Let, let, let me tell you about shippers. Get over it. Get get over your own shipping bull. Shipper. I love shippers. 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 Let me tell you about shippers. Be not talking. Ship ship shippers. I love shippers. Dick and Babs. Dick 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 and Babs. Batman and Cat Catwoman. There we go for the shippers. Batman's married to the Joker. To the Joker. There better not be Damien said, 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 any shippers. I'll kill him. Dickin' Bats. Backroll the Oracle is brought to you by... I'm Mike Gillis. And I'm Casey Doran. And we want to ask you an important question. Are you sick and tired of other panel discussion shows wasting your time droning on and on about foreign policy, economics, and human rights? Or do you want to hear conversations about things that actually matter? We host a podcast called Radio vs. the Martians. Every month we gather a panel of our nation's finest minds and plunge a rusty prison shank into the heart of tough questions that have an impact on the lives of real people like you. Like, are drivers required to pull over for the Ghostbusters? Is the United Federation of Planets actually an oppressive dictatorship run by guidance counselors? Is Arnold Schwarzenegger secretly a genius? And are we being mean when we laugh at movies that are so bad they're good? So write your congressman and let them know that Radio vs. the Martians is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and on RadioVsTheMartians.com. Backworld Oracle is also brought to you by MileHighComics.com, your new and collectible comic book store. Mile High Comics has an inventory of over 5 million comics from the gold, silver, bronze, and modern age, and over 100,000 trade paperbacks. If you're not into the vintage stock, Mile High Comics also has a subscription service called the New Issue Comics Express, offering a discounted price for comics ready to hit the shelves. So if you're looking for vintage back issues or a great modern subscription service, be sure to check out Mile High Comics. Com. Oh boy, number nine, so close to ten. I don't know what ten will be, but nine is, all of them are very special, so we'll just focus on nine. Uh, I've decided to bring him out of the, the doghouse for this one. He took a, a year <laughs> gap, uh, and now he is back to join me. It is my former beloved, Donovan Morgan Grant. Arigato. Hello, and um, I mean the last the last year's shipper special was pretty good, uh, so you have my uh, approval. Okay. As though you as though you need it, but surely you know no no DC Comics you know famed writer can compare with the might of our subject for today. That's true. Yes, and our subject is in fact the anime. Uh, not the manga, though I might bring up the manga just a little bit. The anime Made Sama, or in Japanese, Kaicho wa Maido Sama, or literally, the class president is a maid. <laughs> that's that's what it is. So we'll, we'll certainly be talking about that. Now, before we start, of course, Donovan, I do have to ask, have you been playing any PlayStation lately? Well, Stella, it's funny you say that, because I haven't. <laughs> Okay, just wanted to check. Our fans wanted to check as well. So Donovan knows, of course, what the ultimatum is. It's public. It's on podcasts. It's on the Twitter. It's on the Instagram. It's oppressive. Did you say it's oppressive? 
Yes. I don't think it's oppressive. I think it's uh, standards, standards for a human being. Well, ne- never let it be said that Donovan Morgan Grant backs down from a challenge. Okay. So the next, the next time we speak, I promise you, you're going to hear a much different answer to your um, <laughs> annoying question. So get ready for that. Okay, sounds good. So let me tell you a bit about Maid Sama, and then I think we'll talk uh, as an intro about how what we think about it, which I'm interested to hear what Donovan thinks about it. And then it's been, a, <laughs> it's been I guess, two years now since we've done this format. So if you remember, we give a list of five. And oftentimes we do full episodes. Last time we did Spider-Man, so there were, I think, full issues. This time I thought we only have 26 to work with. Let's do moments. So we could have potentially di- mo- multiple moments in one episode. So specific moments in an episode and uh, ranking those and, and talking about them. And we alternate. And I'm thinking that Don will get to go first since I rudely cut him out of last year for special. But that's that's he can choose that. So. Maid Sama was originally a shoujo manga series by Hiro Fujiwara, <laughs> and it was serialized in Hakusensha's monthly shoujo manga, manga magazine, Lala. There are 18 published volumes, and it was made into an anime beginning in 2010 for 26 episodes, and there's also an OVA as well. So the synopsis of it is, once in all-boys school, Seika High, infamous for its rowdy students, has recently become a co-ed school. However, with the female population still remaining a minority, even after the change over the recent years, Misaki Ayuzawa works hard to make the school a better place for girls. She puts a lot of effort into academics and athletics and earns the trust of the teachers. Eventually, she becomes the first female student council president. Misaki has gained a reputation among the male student body as a strict boy-hating demon dictator and as a shining hope (laughs) for the teachers and fellow female students. However, despite her reputation, she she secretly works part-time at a maid cafe in order to support her ill mom and sister by returning the huge debt their father had left them because he does actually abandon them. Unfortunately, Misaki's secret is soon discovered by Takumi Usui, a popular boy at Seika High. Instead of exposing it to the school, though, Usui keeps it for himself and even becomes a regular customer at the cafe, much to Misaki's chagrin. Known for being a genius in pretty much everything, from the academics to athletics, and for having rejected numerous confessions of his female peers, Usui takes a liking to Misaki because he finds her interesting. After going through various awkward situations, including being confronted by a forgotten childhood friend of hers, Misaki falls in love with Usui, who reciprocates, and the two soon become a couple. And I'll end there because that's really where the anime Spoilers! ends. I know, that's really where the anime ends. And we can, uh, or I'll, I'll mention maybe briefly what happens with the, the rest of the manga, because it's actually the first manga series that I read entirely, which is probably a betrayal oh. to Uran. High school host club. <laughs> I should probably yes. do that since I did that. But yeah, so we can we can potentially get back to that. But that's basically the the arc of the the anime series. So overall thoughts on the show, and I do wonder because I've I've haven't made you watch too many anime. I think I would say three. Yes, yeah, I three. We have the irregular 
at Magic High School, which I know you had some problems oh, yes. with. Uran, which I think you liked, and then this one. So how would it rank in terms of the ones that I've recommended and then your like initial thoughts and you know reactions to it as you were going? Well, I'll answer the uh, first one. How does it rank? Uh, because I, I want to know like when you got into this, since I'm curious. But um, I was th- I was I was thinking about that because you, 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 we tend to trade anime recommendations. I think ever since Robotech, because I loved Robotech from the jump, and when you got into it, you really liked it. You know, you recommended to me Uran High School Host Club. I watched it and really enjoyed it. I recommended uh, Death Note to you, which oh, you didn't love. That's true. And then and you paid me back by recommending Irregular uh, <laughs> Magic High School. I mean, I, I, I didn't like that either. And I guess Cowboy um, Bebop, too, you probably recommended to me. But yeah, that, that does count. Yeah, I forgot about that because I was going to go back to um, Kill I Kill. Oh, yeah. Which, yep. Which I enjoyed and kind of like says, you know, I like this, but I don't know if you will. And then you were like, I'm on episode three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, which Kill Kill in of itself was a, was originally recommended to me by Harrison Shute, so we have him. Ooh, Harold! <laughs> I don't know why that really. Okay, so, so but we're we're kind of even in the, on this, and I will I will end the suspense right now and tell you that I hate. No, I re- I really enjoyed this. I would oh! actually say that I would say that I enjoyed this. The most out of all your recommendations, even or on high school. Whoa, your texts were misleading then. Intentionally so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I really like it. I mean, it, it, again, it started out similar to Uron. Yeah. In that when it starts out, I'm thinking to myself, this is it's, it's not even so much I don't like this. It's like this is not what I would usually search for. <laughs> but I, I and I, I can kind of tell right away, you know, it's this is a very like. I'm not going to say typical, but a very recognizable kind of uh, of series. I got into it a bit more when I – well, I'll, I'll just end it here. I, 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 I started having fun with the series pretty quickly. I mean, it wasn't by the end of the first episode, definitely by the second episode when I realized that Ayuzawa or uh, Misaki Ayuzawa is basically you. <laughs> and, and at this point, I wanna, I wanna, I'd like to know – I'll turn it over to the host – and want, no, ask you, how did you and when did you get into this show? Yeah, I think because 2010, I that this was certainly not on my radar. I think I watched it a couple years ago. And I think the reason I found it is, uh, as you know, I like to look at shipper videos. And oftentimes oh, yes. I'll search like anime couples or anime ships to see. And then I'll watch, you know, a music video and I'll see, oh, do you think this will be interesting or not? And then if I think it is, I might jot down what the title is and check it out later. And so I had seen, I think, the last scene possibly between Misaki and Usui. And I thought, oh, this is this is interesting. And so I jotted down, but it took me a while so because I had this list of a- anime to potentially check out. And then I noticed it was on Hulu, and I'm scamming, scamming my sister-in-law's uh, Hulu account, so I ended up watching it. And uh, initially, the voice actress, like, it took me a little bit to get used to her. Um, Did you watch the dub of the stuff? I ended up both times I watched the dub. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I, you know, if I did it again, I think I would watch the the sub. Uh, did Netflix have the subtitled version? Okay, so like, um, I started out watching the dub, and I realized since I know you said before that like you like watching the Japanese version, yeah, and I do too. Like when I first started out, um, I was looking for the sub, and then I think you reminded me that like it actually is on Netflix, so I watched the dub. 
which like all the way through. But I did have the subtitles on with okay. the original like right. Japanese like script. So yep. it's basically one to one. So I watched the dub, but like I am aware of like when the the Japanese version said something different. Yes, yes, yeah, same. I think the reason why I watched the dub the second time is that. I had already seen it once, and I felt like, oh, maybe I shouldn't switch, <laughs> because normally if I, if I, whichever one I do first, I usually stick with. But I think I do like the voice actress more in the original Japanese than I do with the dub. But it, so it just takes me some getting used to it. So mm-hmm. it was, it was because she's like really intense. Masaki's really intense. She clearly doesn't like boys. And so I think at first, you know, years ago or whenever I watched it, let's say three, um, I was like, okay, okay. But now as I've gotten older and, uh, you know, men start to annoy me a bit more each time, it's now yes. this one, I was like, wow, she's even more of a kindred spirit than I first realized. And so I appreciated it more this second run through. And especially because starting last spring and I think through the summer, I read the manga series. So I had more of an appreciation with that as well. I think you're really into a show or uh, a series, a Japanese series, when you both put in time for the anime and the manga. Like yeah. that's, I think, when you're a deaf, I mean, not, not to say, I'm not saying that like if you don't do that, you don't like it, but like you're a surefire fan when you do do that because you're immersing yourself in different mediums of the story. I will say, I, I really like Masaki. I think she's really interesting. I... It's sometimes frustrating just because she clearly doesn't know what her feelings are. And even in the manga, yeah. once she confesses her feelings, it's still a bit of a struggle for them to like really become a couple. So there's always that. And I do recognize there, are, you know, there's some like cultural social problems. Like maybe, you know, Usui shouldn't attack that Owie, you know, when Owie was dressed up as a girl and he like sexually harasses her slash him. Uh, so there are some bad things that happen. But I think overall, it's just like a really zany show and the student's perspective of the uh, of the of Masaki as this demon and the anime will show her being the demon and the three idiots that just pop up everywhere and their animation style changes and they look completely different from everybody else. And I think I just feel like the whole cast, similar to Uron, because I feel like the whole cast were very distinct and had their own characters. I love the the cast at the maid cafe. Each of those maids has a different character, and then the side characters yeah. that uh, Masaki has. Like I, I think I asked you at one point in text, "What episode are you on?" And you were saying how her two friends are skulking around, following Usui, and I remember yeah. that just with them having these horrible disguises and going over. So I just, yeah, I really like it. I have fun with it. And there are plenty of shipping moments. And I think you have to spend some time wondering, you know, to what extent does Usui really like her? Or is he just trying to mess with her? And then why does he like her? Because it happens so quickly. I think he does find her interesting. And then that line starts to blur and he starts to like her. So it's kind of watching them come together is is really interesting and fun as well. I really wanted a lot of today's conversation to kind of be on... I mean, not, not the carry conversation, but like just kind of asking the the line that's crossed in, in this series, because I think even generally speaking, there's a lot of, OK, in real life, you do not do that yes. kind of going on with Usui's particular and kind of credit to the female author whose um, name I, I, I didn't I don't have with me. I know you, you mentioned Fujiwara Fujiwara because this is a, with this being a shogo shogo shoujo series. So this is this is like made by women for women kind of thing. So this is not. You know, he doesn't ever like um, pull up her skirt and like see her panties or like touch her thighs or anything like that specifically. But there was a lot of like 
getting her up against the wall. Yeah. There's a lot of like grabbing her by the arm, grab, grabbing her by the wrist, pulling her, pulling her into him kind of thing. You know, he steals a kiss from her early on. Um, he kind of follows her around when she's always saying, stop following me. Like, and there, there's at least four or five times where she's like, I'm not playing, cut it out. And sometimes we'll kind of, you know, just kind of like, you know, skulk off and like be depressed or whatever. But like, there are a lot of, I mean, I like Usui's. I like both of these characters. I don't have a problem with any of them, but like just kind of clinically speaking, there is a lot of, okay, is this something that we should be seeing in me? And I think you and I have kind of evolved to the point where like we're openly and constantly asking these kinds of questions. And there's also like, you know, the, the international element of like, to what extent does Japan take some of these things seriously? And to what extent is it just kind of a farce? Is this just a kind of like twilight thing where, mm-hmm. hey, it's a fantasy. Like don't, you know, ultimately it's not doing that much harm because it's, it's a fantasy story or it's, you know, it's a romance genre plug for Kino Way. But like when we had Nor- Nancy Northcott on, she was talking about how a lot of romance stories, you know, there is a lot of like lines crossed, but like a, a lot of them at the same time cross those lines because they know it, it's attractive to the readers mm-hmm. and, you know and, and this being kind of like you know a romance story you know just because usually does things that like you don't do in real life which are which, which you know kind of are kind of they really are kind of blurry in terms of like consent and kind of questioning things that doesn't make him in the context of the story a bad guy because it, it serves the story of fulfilling a romance kind kind of um kind of wish fulfillment so like i, I was wondering in your case how you were reading him throughout the series. And again, I, I like the character, but genuinely people have not seen the series and are kind of going into this. There's going to be times where, where American viewers are going to be like, Oh, this guy's a dick. Like he, he, he you don't do that. And like, yeah. she should, she should really like call him an adult or even like punch him out, punch him out herself. I mean, she yells at him every single episode, but I think because of like her feelings, which kind of melt away uh, throughout the course of the series, she's much, she's, she's confused and is reluctant to do much towards him beyond a certain point. And I find that interesting, but there is there is one of those moments where it's like, okay, how, I wonder what Stella's thinking about this. <laughs> yeah, I think, and I will tell you that the one moment, and it's not like I'm going to get on board with any of the moments that he does kind of bad things. Well, I think the owie, kind of sexually harassing owie, uh, that was bad. And, I mean, Masaki punches him out, I remember, for that, even though he knew that he does it for was a, purpose, a yeah. boy. Yes. Um, but still, like, the that whole thing is, like, really creepy. But the other one that I think is really, really bad is when he grabs her at the beach and gives her, like, a hickey on the back, on her back. Oh, yeah. That one is like, ah, I really can't get on board with that. Um, <laughs> it's interesting because I think... I wonder what me at 2010 would think, you know, that 10 years ago when this was coming out versus now. And I think because we're becoming enlightened, I think use that word and educated more about consent and what is, I think, healthy and not healthy or right and wrong, toxic or not toxic, that we're starting to see like, oh, yeah, you know, this is problematic. I think there is that idea romantically that, you know, maybe women do want to, or when they're reading their heroine being grabbed and kissed by the hero, they really like that. But in real life, only certain circumstances you would probably really like, like if you're into the person, you know, that might work. Have you given, but the consent thing is, is the, 
is the huge uh, deal, I would say. And so a lot of those times when she is saying, I mean, he's in her space and she hasn't really said yes to anything. I think really only at the very end, <laughs> I know. there was something, I mean, he, they had to hold hands without that whole thing. Uh, it is, yeah, it is uh, rather troublesome. So I do recognize that. With Misaki, though, I'm, I'm glad that she doesn't go along with it because I think that's the danger, of course, in this current culture that with young men, I'll say, and then as they grow older, there's not much education potentially about what does no mean. And oftentimes young men, I think, are confused that, well, she doesn't really mean no or if they say no to something, then it'd be a yes to something else or to try to peer pressure, that sort of thing. Um, this is something that unfortunately has gone on at the place that I work where uh, some people have been kind of forced into oral sex there. And because it's like, mm. well, it's not real, right? And it's not real sex. People, mm -hmm. you know, it's okay. Other people are doing it. You don't want to not do it, right? Because you'll look like a loser. So that sort of thing of, of being uh, forced into that. With I'm, so I'm happy that Misaki advocates for herself and she's really, really strong-willed. The thing with this story, though, is that it blurs the line because you're like, well, is he doing it because he sees, like he knows that she, deep down she likes him and that's why? Um, is she saying no because she's embarrassed or does she really mean no? Like it's a really confusing storyline in that sense. But if you just look at look at it with consent then I think like he does make some really poor moves but I can't you know like you I really like Usui and he comes through a lot he really does help her out and do uh, mm -hmm. sometimes to his own health detriment uh, he does a lot of things for her does that necessarily make up for for other stuff not you know in the real world absolutely not but I'm yeah I'm with you that this is potentially a, a troublesome <laughs> story uh, so to say you know does that mean that we we both very much enjoyed it who knows there's one moment that I'll, I'll just mention right now. It's kind of a dominant mention. It's not my main moments. But there's a moment that, like, I actually kind of, like, despite everything going on, I, I kind of liked where it was the time that the Maid Cafe was, like, you know, in our weekly adventures, let's let's have the maids dress like handsome men and kind of support <laughs> the ladies. <laughs> and Usui was feeling a type of way. I forget why. But, like, um, he, he catches her in, like, the end of the locker room. And like he, oh yeah. What does he do? He, he, he like I know he like he always like kind of throws his face in her face and like she's against the thing. But he said something like you know you know there you are like like you're you know you you pre you present dominant but you're really more submissive. Yeah. And like and like this like maybe halfway through the series and I'm kind of like <laughs> that's that's kind of hot. But at the same time I was reading online that like this the narrative of the series can be seen as like a very strong woman secretly kind of wanting to be submissive towards a, a traditionally masculine man mm. and again i i don't think that that's like an inherently evil subtext to have in a romance story but it does kind of it, it, it can be viewed as sexist and i think it can be seen as like um a product of traditional gender politics in japan or at least you know separate you know people can see it as along with something else that the author didn't intend so it's 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 there if you if you watch it, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to like sour the experience. I've seen I've seen so many things a bajillion times worse than this. That you that is easier to kind of separate that as like okay, this is like some sort of like teen romance fantasy thing rather than the Fujiwara genuinely believes that like you know women who present as dominant are are actually 
you know, women who kind of want their Prince Charming. Like, I, I don't think that's the case. I just think she, she wanted to write a fun story. She does. But like, the, you know, your 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 political brain is always kind of firing off every third episode that she does something. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you there. I rem- yeah, that episode I remember also. And it's interesting just with Misa, how comfortable she feels like tending, you know, to the to the girls. I mean, she just feels so much comfortable around the girls than the guys, and she likes tending to the girls. I think that's interesting. But I remember that there were two girls at a table, and they were, like, discussing, do you think she's a dominant or, you know, (laughs) kind of thing? Or it was like – and it almost – I wonder if – like – I wonder if they were also asking, like, is she a top or a bottom, you know, situation, um, which, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I do remember that particular uh, particular episode. And then there is, of course, that time where she allowed uh, Usui to, to grab her chest, remember, to prove that she was a guy way yes. back when. Yeah. But that would, I, I suppose, be consent because she was she's the one who guided it there. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I forgot about that line from, from the women. Yeah, because. Uh... Because <laughs> because like, she's like a I, I want to say that she's a tomboy but she hates men. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, how good she is at all the sports and everything. I think that she's a tomboy. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a fact. I mean, I don't think that this is necessarily like a, a wholly uh, complicated series, but it is. It's very interesting to to watch and talk about. Yes. Yep. Do you know anything about I guess consent in Japanese culture? I mean, Japanese culture has been majorly influenced by a lot of Western sensibilities since World War II. I mean, but at the same time, it's weird because, like, there's a lot of, like, LGBT media out there, like, you know, uh, Yaoi and Yuri stuff. Yeah. But I know that, like, um, like, I, like gay marriage is still legal there. There's generally, I think, comparatively speaking, a slightly less uh, charitable view on LGBT people in there that, that there are here. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of like how it was in the '90s, from what I understand, where it's like he's tolerated, but it's, it's still not. There's not a lot of respect there. Okay. I think it's like this kind of the ethnocentric thing about it. Like you don't want you don't want to really talk crap on another country without having gone there, sure. even if you just kind of observe it. So, from what I understand, consent it's just one of those things where like there's a lot of like understanding of a separation between fiction and nonfiction, like because they're they're like um, crime statistics when it comes to like rape and stuff are like devastatingly low compared to America. Like they don't have as many like problems reported or, or crimes enough. Now that's not to say that like, it doesn't happen because obviously a lot of things can go unreported, but generally speaking, there's not a lot of um, problems in terms of like the workplace and other legal things in Japan uh, as there are in America. And people might credit that due to like, you know, the lasciviousness of their media mm. or things like that because they have made cafes, they have host clubs and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm not going to tell you this is the reason why that's not the case, but I'm not, at the same time, it's, it's, it does call into question how they view consent. I, I think based on this, they view consent about as you know reasonably as we do. Where because again, like there are times where uh, he makes a, a snide remark or whatever, and then she's like, "Ah, shut up!" But then like there are times where she's like, "No, I don't like this. Stop it. Go home. Leave me alone. Go away. I, I mean it." And and like the 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 series treats that as serious. So I think that like it's it's generally the same. I would assume. Would you go to a maid cafe? After this, yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta see how it is. But like, um, it, it was, it's also kind of confusing because like, there's like this, this presumed embarrassment. Like the, 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 the fabric of the show is that she is embarrassed that she works there, but she's not like a, a concubine, not concubine, or like she's not like an escort or anything. Yeah. She's just in a cafe in a maid costume. I mean, which I had known was in Japan for a long time, so I'm not sure. I'm a little confused as to why that's like, you know, her secret identity. 
because if she's she's doing it for a very specific and, and noble reason, but it's, it's just it's, it's it's whatever. So like I would I would go there to see how I've seen people go. I've seen I don't know if it was on Vice or something, but I did see a video on YouTube of somebody going there, and it's literally like how it is in a in the show where like uh they have gimmicks and stuff, and they, they'll do whatever they. It's the perception of like cute femininity. And at the end of the day, it's a business that, that you're kind of like, you know, employing women to do these things if they choose to be there. So it's, it's, it's harmless. It's not like you're going to like deja vu and getting a lap dance. It's just, you know, girls dressed up as things kind of, you know, putting on this sort of like um, pantomime thing just for your entertainment. Yeah, I think to a certain extent, I mean, it's like any restaurant. I mean, you are being served. I think it, potentially I might feel uncomfortable just that they're calling me master, you know, and you're being served. <laughs> and I'm like, no, but Is we're that? equal. It's okay. I My favorite episodes are the ones where they do a different theme. I think those are, which is practically every episode, but I think those are just a lot of fun. I think with her, just to answer that question, my perception is she's just worried about her reputation because she has to have this. She's almost having to get rid of her femininity. I think as school council president and have mm. to be this leader because she's the first female one. So she's really got to step it up, you know, and be the boss. And I think if people saw her as a maid, it would almost reduce that and like, oh, well, there you are. You're just nothing but, you know, that. Um, and it goes back to potentially that dominant submissive just she's got to be really dominant at Seika High. And then to show that, oh, you're not really that. I, I think she's afraid of losing that authority that she's built up with other people. That's what I think anyways. No, that, that, that's actually like, like a, a fair and blatant point. Yeah, that she, she presents such a tough personality. If this got out, then then everything that she's worked for at the school would be lost because <laughs> the boys are a bunch of a bunch of, cri- bunch of latent criminals to use uh, psychopath terms. So yeah, yeah, they kind of are. <laughs> they and it's interesting. She catches them. She catches them doing. I guess they're kind of caricatures of guys, but I feel like it's closer than maybe we really realize or want to realize. But she catches them with like dirty magazines and harassing the girls, and then that whole episode where. They go off on their senior class trip, and the, oh God, upperclassmen, yeah. <laughs> the upperclassmen warned them, like, the third night is oh, it's really dangerous for the girls. They're like, what do you think that means? And then it's because they're just like, I, I guess they're horny. I don't know. And they're, like, yeah. going after and the teachers. I was just thinking about being a teacher in that situation and having to create, you know, a barrier and prevent guys from <laughs> – assaulting uh the girl students so yeah mm-hmm. yeah that, that was that, that, uh, there's such so many red flags in that one where it's just like <laughs> what do you mean this is this is something that happens i mean they say that the teachers create a barricade but okay seriously your 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 male students are are psychologically primed to just get into like this sort of like walking dead like rape zombie kind of thing it's like yeah. that's that's weird <laughs> I think I would at some point, I mean, if this were, you know, where I work or something, at some point someone would be like, hey, this happens every year. Maybe we should rethink this. <laughs> but no, it happens to be a tradition, I guess. So there you go. It's a yeah, fun there, there, there's a lot of like, like, like uh, traditional Japanese, like kind of like uh, manners and, and census coordination, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts before we get into our ranks? Uh, no, I think, I think I'm, I'm ready to go for it. Okay. Would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? I'll give you the choice, since I betrayed you last year. Last year. That's generous. Well, I mean, like... Uh, oh, my gosh! <laughs> you! <laughs> I think you wanted me to go first. I'll go first. 
Okay. Uh, so just to remind people, we are doing specific moments. So if you, I didn't prep you very well for this. If you could <laughs> at least mention the episode, um, what number it is, and then if you want to give a synopsis of the episode, that's fine, or just give a sense and then what the moment was. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, I have a couple. Um, and I, I forgot to write, I don't know if I, I think I forgot to write them down. Like I mentioned the moment where she's in the May Cafe dressed as a handsome man and he kind of like corners. I just, I just thought that was very, oh, that was the one of the few things where I was genuinely like, like this is actually kind of like, like, like stimulating in terms of like, you know, if you're reading a romance story or whatever, like, you know, there's tension here and that's, and that's kind of like, I, I like that. Other moments, I thought it was interesting. And I thought this is going to be kind of become a running gag that it seems like there was going to be a trend of like enemies or antagonists that they encounter who <laughs> look just, who look just like Usui. Yeah, because you have uh, Toro Igarashi from the um, yep yep Mia but I'm that's not Mia Gaoka yeah that that other school and I was like he looks just I, I was confused for a while because because the art style is is, is they, they have a lot of like kind of like same face going on so I was like who is this guy and then you had Kuga from like the uh, the the rock oh, group yep. And he looked, and he and he had a crush on Misa. So I was like, okay, this is clearly a thing where like, you know, the, the bad guys of the series look just like, you know, the bad boy of the series. Um and then and then I, th- I think that kind of went away for that. I'm not sure if that happens again in the manga, but like um I thought those were interesting. I can if if an, on a, another moment comes in my head, I will mention it, but like right now all that comes to mind is like that moment in the locker room when the maid cafe were like going around, when the maids were going around as handsome men. Yeah, I I should say that I guess reverse harems are one of my favorite uh, genres there because we certainly have another one here and Uran was a v- reverse harem as well. Oh, yes. uh, my honorable mentions uh, from episode 19, Footman through a change of pairs, specifically when Masaki visits Usui after he was injured at his apartment and, and nurses mm. him back to health and also makes terrible food for him, which will pop up again. And then episode 14, Sutane Kano of class one seven. And he, you know, hypnotizes her. And, uh, I just like the fact that throughout the episode, both of them are staying up. He out of concern, like trying to keep her up. And she is doing work the entire night under the guise of doing work, but it's odd. So it's like you can kind of tell that she actually really doesn't want to fall asleep because the whole hypnotism thing is if she falls asleep within 24 hours, she's going to hate Usui. And we can tell that she's (laughs) um, susceptible to hypnotism. So it seems like, oh, she's really concerned about this. So that's kind of like one of those, hey, something's peeking through that, but she doesn't put her finger on it like, oh, I wonder why I'm doing this. But, you know, as an audience, you're doing that. So those would be my two honorable mentions. Did you, I remember what I was going to ask you. Did you ever get like a Hey Arnold vibe from this show? A Hey Arnold vibe. Interesting. Because there's, there's like... Uh, oh, because of Helga? Helga being Misaki? Sort of, yeah. Because there's, there's... I mean, obviously, Misa is a uh, sudere, sundere, which is basically yeah. like like a, a, a disagreeable female character, you know, who's like <laughs> tough on the outside and, and nice on the inside. Yeah. Like like Lisa Hayes could be, could be qualified as that. Or Asaka Langley Sori from Evangelion is, is that. And like, she's kind of the same thing. But like, Helga is that where like, you know, in the shadows, she's like, Oh, Arnold, I love you. <laughs> yeah, with her weird, uh, gum shaped, uh, image to him. Yeah, and Helga like has, generally has like psychological issues, which is. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. I, I guess I could, yes. 
Yeah, I mean, I would say it's one to one. Um, I guess because like uh, uh, Usui's hair and stuff. I also noticed in the in the eye catch, it started out where you see those little like uh, Usui and uh, Misaki dolls, and somewhere along the way, the doll starts to smile once the Usui doll drops into view. Yeah. Yep. So like I, I noticed that. So there is there is an idea that that. She genuinely has feelings developed. It's not just, you know, it all changes in episode 26. Right. <laughs> um, spoilers. But, um, okay, enough stalling. My number one pick is from episode six. Look, this wind is crazy strong. What's up? <laughs> Strange to see you here, Miss Preston. Oh, sweet. Need me to jump in and save you from those guys again? No. I just... Episode six, listeners, is entitled Atoko Ayuzawa Juku, aka Men in the Ayuzawa Cram School. And the moment <laughs> I'm referring to, <laughs> I'm sure you have this on. I'm sure we have a lot of the same ones. Is when um, uh, there's a photo of Usui, or not sorry, Usui, uh, Misaki in her secret identity as a maid from the maid cafe, and it leaks out and. Uh, Misaki and Usui are on the rooftop, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go get it." It's just like flying in the air off the rooftop, and she's like, "Don't do that! You'll 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 die, basically." And like he's like, "I'll do anything for you," and he steals a kiss. And this is like in episode six. Yeah. 
And he and then he the image is clear in my mind where he just jumps off the thing and she's stuck there like what just happened and you think that he's dead and then like you go down and he's I think like he's his tie is off because they wear school uniforms and his hair is a mess and he's kind of he's kind of bruised a bit but it's just like sexy bad boy like you know anime image of him kind of smiling slightly wet and then later on he's going to the hospital but like uh, the 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 kiss and like the rooftop jump uh, is uh, number five for my uh, favorite moments. That is that I do like that one as well. I think it's not as shipperific. Uh, you know, the butterflies don't rage around as much as others. Um, and you can tell how surprised she is because that's sort of the cliche. And it seems to happen in Asian film, TV, etc., that someone kisses somebody else and that other person's eyes are open. Like, I only ever see yes. it in Japanese and Korean um, television shows or movies, potentially. So that's that's where she's left. I think what I love about that moment is the repercussion or are the repercussions after that because she's freaking out after that about what does that mean, what does that mean? And then because he knows that she's freaking out so much, he kisses Yukimura. I know. <laughs> it's blurred out. And and then after that, then that whole thing creates dominoes because everybody thinks that Yukimura now has like a feminine side, and he's confused, and he feels like he was molested. And oh man, so I it's a great moment because of the chain of events that it sets off. No, yeah, I agree. The, the Yukimura thing that did make me laugh, and although I was a little confused too because I, I wasn't positive at the time. I, I understood later on that he was doing the kind of sedity. He's like, oh, you're just a pervert weirdo, which he is. I mean, he makes as much. <laughs> but yeah, there's also like, he, he tells her like, I think by that point, because you mentioned earlier, initially in the first episode, he's like, I'm I'm keeping your secret because I'm interested in you. I find you interesting. You're a contradiction. By this point, he knows to himself, oh man, I love this woman. So he says, I love you, kisses her, then jumps off and essentially dies for her. And like that, oh my gosh, teenager. Essentially that, dies. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a lot to take in. So I, I thought that was, that was when I was like, I like this because we're not, playing the whole like you know you know it's not so much it is a will they won't they but we know where he stands at this point and yeah and i liked how sure he was of his own feelings at, uh that early on in the series yeah and it's those moments that uh when he's really genuine i think you really see the the true usui so those are yeah what is your number five yeah and my number five is episode 21 usui's rival question mark <laughs> explanation point hinata shintami those guys cleaned up everything before they went home. If they were gonna clean, they could have at least thrown these away too. Oh, these are pretty terrible. So much for staying up all night to make them. Even the rice soup I made before is better than these things. Oh, there's no way that he would ever want to eat something like this monstrosity. I'm so tired. even make these <laughs> well at least you gave it your all right Aizawa good work today sorry to keep you waiting I brought our bags too I really don't understand them at all huh how can they care so much for each other and yet never tell each other how they feel why do they avoid it Instead of trying to move forward. What are you grumbling about? 
And this is where Misaki forces the sports clubs to clean up their club rooms, but they are really upset because they know it's going to take a long time and they want food. So she gets people, I guess her student council, to make rice balls, and she makes terrible rice balls, and which connects back to the food that he had eaten before in my um, honorable mention. So she makes terrible rice balls, so terrible, in fact, that the sound effect for people eating it is like this clanking noise because of how hard it is. So anyways, so everything is done, and she is passed out. She's just really tired, and she's in, I'll call it the home ec room, and Usi. Usui comes in and he hilariously eats the terrible rice balls, um, which I think just him eating anything that she makes and being willing to do that shows his affection for her, uh, even though it's because I think it's just like a gift that she has given him and he accepts anything that she'll give him with the soup in the previous episode that I mentioned. But with this, I think, hey, this is something that Misaki made, so I'm going to eat it even though it's terrible. And he uh, actually leans her up against him so she can sleep. And then later on, he leaves and, and she wakes up and he's like, where'd the rice balls go? So either he threw <laughs> them away, which I think is unlikely, or he ate them all. But just like a really sweet moment. I think that, again, it also points that he's not, while he is kind of perverted, he's not like going to take advantage of someone when they're sleeping and just a, oh, a sure. sweet moment. Yeah, just a sweet moment of eating the terrible rice balls that she made because she made them and then having her rest against him. So that's my number five. Yeah, he's never like, I mean, I, I, I think he's perfect because he miss as much. Um, but like, I, he's <laughs> never, it's never even, that never even occurred to me because it never occurs to the show that like when she's sleeping, he's like, now's my chance, wah ha ha, because yeah. he's very, around her like like chivalrous like there's, there's yeah. like, like and, and she's even chauvinist but like yeah it i like the moments i like that moment where he eats her food and maybe guys i guess another honorable mention is that like he mentions later on because when he was laid up in his house and she fed him rice soup someone asked him like oh what do you want for lunch or snack is this rice soup and she's like oh my like my rice soup or whatever which i thought was uh kind of sweet yeah yep yep so that's a good one that is a good one so Thank going you. on to my number four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As mentioned earlier, we go from episode six to episode eight. My number four, I, I put in my notes, Usui Amisa versus Tora Igarashi, <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. Mia Bigaoka Gakuin E. Misaki goes to Mia Bioka. I'm excited to see how you're going to fit in at Mia Bigaoka, Miss President. Wait a minute. You got this all wrong. I guess I've got no choice. This will do, right? <laughs> if it isn't enough for you, then you've got to do something more interesting. More interesting? Being the heir to the Igarashi conglomerate has its perks. I can get whatever girl I want whenever I want. <laughs> but I'm getting sick of the meek, obedient types. <laughs> Of giving up my position as Sega High 
try. You may do Aikido, but I do Judo. <laughs> my groundwork is my specialty. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's enough. What about my guys? They wouldn't let me in, so I had to be a little mean. Sorry about that. Still, it looks like you're the one who's being really mean. Right, you perverted man-child? You've got some balls talking to me like that. Whatever. Unfortunately, you're going to have to find someone else to harass. can't just touch her whenever you want so keep your hands to yourself look who's talking uh, which is essentially like like uh, the school president of the i'm not going to say this in that school again um <laughs> the, of that other school there were students from from both seika and that school who got in a fight basically over like you know uh cl- class one of them was like, kind of making fun of like oh you guys are like you know lower class scum or something or some such thing so they got in a fight and uh saki intervenes like as school president i demand that you like there's so much rank with the school president thing right like <laughs> there's so many responsibilities it's basically like she runs a school because you never see a teacher or I mean, you seem like teacher like once anyway tangent so the vice the, the president the school president of that school comes over and offers her scholarship into his school and uh long story short i mean she's kind of torn between going leaving seika and staying with seika but she goes over there he spills a drink on her or she spills a drink on herself so she she changes clothes and he has a maid uniform he i believe he found out her identity so she's in this maid costume and he presumes that she's only interested in him for like his money or what have you so so he's like okay if if you want me to pay you i want you to do whatever i want you to be my maid for me very very skeevy and situation gets to the point where he is like on top of her like he's mm. he's holding her arms together yeah and she tries to kick him off her but she's like ah you have a judo or you have aikido but i have judo which i think aikido is a better martial arts discipline but whatever it's a very bad look and in the in, in very like shoujo anime form she like just barely utters usui's name and he smashed at the door and he just kicks it open like he's batman and he's like, sorry about your friends. You know, they got in their way. You see, like, a whole hallway full of guys beaten up. And um, he, he he just, like, I, I thought there was going to be a fight, but he got and just takes her out of there. And uh, she's like, you know, how'd you get here? And he's like, well, you said my name. And and the, the sort of, like, chibi, like, you know, animation. You see the back of her head, but you'll see, like, like sort of a word balloon where she's like, no, I didn't. And that whole <laughs> bit was really good. Yeah. Uh, yes, thank you for mentioning that cringeworthy scene. I mean, purposely getting his vice president to spill the, whatever juice that was, and then she has to take a shower, and then her clothes are taken, and the maid thing, yeah. Whoo! Gives you the creeps. But yeah, the fact that she, you know, ooh, sue, you know, and then he, he pops in and rescues her. So yeah, knight in shining armor situation, and again, that, uh, he goes to great lengths to, to help and save her, um, she doesn't necessarily need it all the time, but I think in that situation, you definitely do need someone to to help you out. That had a Harvey Weinstein, like Matt Lauer vibes all over it. Like this, this, oh the, gosh, yeah, this, 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 this like the conniving of like her to be in that situation. And uh, I mean, yeah, again, because like, like there was an earlier episode we might mention where like uh, she defended herself in front of like weirdos before. Yep. This is one of those things where like yeah, I think 
critics had said, you know, oh, this 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 woman needs a man or whatever. But again, this it is a it is a fantasy of like, you know, you're a strong character, but when you need help, you know, you have a partner who's going to be there. And he, it's a little ridiculous because like it, it, there's no earthly way he could have heard that. But, um, but like, I mean, he may have just had incredible timing. So who knows? Yeah, I feel like he may have tried to because he also has the uniform on the class uniform. So did mm. he pull like a Luke Skywalker Han Solo and beat up somebody and took their clothing and then you know so was he i feel like he was already on his way once he found out she was there because he knew that this guy was probably up to no good (laughs) who is it someone who loves you (laughs) oh man yes i thought i had something to say but now i've forgotten okay uh so my number four is episode 24 lovey dovey through maid latte (laughs) What is he to me now? How am I supposed to answer that? What are you doing here? Should I not be here? Uh, No, you shouldn't. It's suspicious hanging around back this time of night. Someone might think you're a pervert. What are you doing here anyway, idiot? (laughs) What are you laughing for? Even magical girls take out the trash, huh? Don't you have some sort of trash-taking magic? Why don't you use some of your magic spells from earlier? face is all red, Ayuzawa. Just shut up, you weirdo. It's pretty cold out tonight, huh? Aren't you cold without a jacket? If you're going to be out late, you should at least wear something warm. (laughs) Always watching out for others, aren't you? Is that bad? I planned on going straight home, but I wanted to see your face one more time. Don't you have any friends you can go bother? Do I look like I don't? Uh, Hey, wait, did you hear us talking earlier? Actually, something has been bothering me. Uh, That question you got asked at the end. I'd like to know the answer. Tell me what I am to you, Ayuzawa. Shut up! I see. So this is the only way you know how to express yourself when confronted with your true feelings? Why don't you... Just be honest for once. I said shut up! Everything you say is so embarrassing that I can't stand it! How cruel. Look, shut up already! In that case, I'll express myself through action, too. episode we have and i should have i guess mentioned hinata that i uh came in the previous one is a childhood friend that comes back and he has loved misa for forever and is trying to 
reclaim that love. And so now there's this rivalry between Usui and Hinata. And occasionally, I guess there are totems or whatever is happening there are dogs. So occasionally that'll pop up and there's growling. uh, And you see these images of dogs and the manager will be like, are there dogs in here? So even though it's, (laughs) which there are a lot of fun things that poke through kind of like the monkey, the monkey and the banana in Uran. We've got some more things that like are impossible to have (laughs) happen. So the the manager will get all lovey-dovey and a bunch of flowers will pop up. He's like, oh, no, where all these flowers come from? Flowers are fine. So I love that. So this one, specifically at the Maid Cafe, they are cosplaying as characters from the anime Maid Witches. And Misaki did a lot of research and I think watched all of the the anime, which surprised Aoi because I think Aoi just thought that Misaki was going to watch one or two. And she does some spells and things as she's working. And then later on, Aoi is asking Misaki to explain her relationship with Usui. And I feel like, I don't know if you get the sense, but I feel like Aoi also develops a crush on Misaki as we go through. I think it's mm. especially like the beach house. I think there are other things like there's some jealousy between uh, or Aoi towards Usui. And I, I think that he likes Misaki. But anyways, Misaki thinks about it while taking out the trash. Uh, she can't really put her finger on it, which I think annoys Aoi and other people like clearly you like him. And she's taking out the trash, and Usui is waiting for her, which is a, a recurrent theme because he does often wait for her outside. And he overheard the conversation and also wants to know. So she hides her embarrassment. She punches him. He blocks it and tells her um, that this is always how she deals with things. Instead of lying, she gets really aggressive. But he's going to make his feelings clear instead. And he pulls her into an embrace and murmurs a no-lying spell in her <laughs> ear, demanding she answer her question, his question truthfully. And uh, she somewhat answers off topic, just that, you know, you don't have the power. You're not a witch kind of thing. But she actually stops resisting his hug and kind of like leans into it and pulls towards him. And so I, I, yeah, I like that moment that she kind of, uh, obviously it's a little forceful. So again, the consent question, but the fact that she does, I think, let down her guard and she doesn't want to lie. So she doesn't say anything and just gets forceful instead. So you're starting to get a peek into what she really thinks. So that's what I like about number four. Yeah. I like that. I always, I always find it funny when anime references like that anime is a thing. anime. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's like watch these DVDs and and, and even see like a shot of it where like it's it's kind of Sailor Moon esque where like you have the magical girls thing and that's yes it's funny yeah. because like you know yeah this is such a thing in, in Japanese culture obviously you're not surprised to learn that but like this show is it's it's not unrealistic but there's it's very like dy- uh, dynamic uh, kind of like you know illustration where they have different faces and stuff and they they do the whole like anime thing where like someone's upset and like has a giant head and all that kind of stuff and like everything with the three idiots so it's amusing whenever they say (laughs) ah watch this anime i'm like you know and you guys aren't in anime but yeah what have you i guess is it kind of like shazam where weren't oh Mm -hmm. maybe not because i guess superman was around but isn't there a superhero film or haven't there been where people are like reading comic books and like oh this is like this would you say it's similar to that well, like in early Marvel comic books when like the Fantastic Four existed as a comic book and also were the Fantastic yeah. Four. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Made no sense. No, I, I like that episode too. I think that's also sort of an honorable mention when, where he uh, mutters a, a spell in her ears and now you can't lie. And I was like, 
Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> like, it's weird because, like, um, this is such – I was actually thinking about Twilight a lot when I was watching the series. Oh, my gosh, Donovan. <laughs> and who made you watch Twilight? You made me watch Twilight. I, <laughs> I know. Man alive. What good times. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I remember laughing hard, horribly when um you first see Edward Cullen. He looks like he's about to, like, vomit through his butt. But, like uh, – I know. <laughs> Gosh. But my point is that, like, I, I, I understand how a lot of this series, like Twilight, is in, is engineered to get the butterflies up, as you say. And that was a moment that, like, I think kind of worked for me where, like, he – and now you can't lie. And she's all kind of, like, flushing and stuff. Like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I wish I would work in real life. Is that also the episode where what's – the, what's the rival's name again? Is it Hinata? Hinata, yeah. Hinata. Is it, I, guess, I guess it's a unisex name in, in Japan because I've heard Hinata for the female character. He – was warned when he was about to go back home that like what if your great love already has somebody he kind of brushed that off but when he sees the two of them he starts like like tears are streaming down his eyes i i really like that bit and if it's from the same episode um that that's not a moment of mine just because I, I i you know me i, I love uh torment tormentous uh moments in in romance like when there's a lot of emotional violence <laughs> like in, in uh macross where lisa comes to Rick's like trailer, but uh, Minmay is already there. <gasps> <laughs> I think it was like number two on my list. So like uh, stuff like that, I I, I kind of live for that kind of stuff. What does that say about you as a person? Probably that I'm a bad person. <laughs> you like a characters being tormented in their love. I just find it more realistic. <laughs> oh well, I guess that's true. Love is certainly not an easy pathway. Indeed. So I, I mean, the, the anime ends in part of the series where he says, "I'm, I'm not going to give up." So I'm sure that like. Uh, it's not, it's not the last. I don't think it's the last time we see him. I think we see him in the, the credits for the final episode. So, what have you? But that was your go. I believe I was talking for a while, so I apologize. Correct. And I'm going to continue talk because my number three is episode fourteen. I have another versus because my action brain can't separate certain things. I wrote down Usui and Misa versus Sutane Kano, and this comes from episode fourteen, which is entitled. Echine Nanakumi Kano Sotoro, Sutani Kano of Class 1-7. It's really starting to get to you, isn't it, President? Besides, there's no way I'd ever hurt you. Mm-hmm. You're always jumping into things alone. Like yesterday, you could have waited for me instead of confronting Kano alone. And just why should I have to wait for you? I'm going to talk to Kano. The thing about hypnosis is... If the listener feels even the slightest bit of doubt, the hypnotic suggestion won't be effective. That's why he can't have any control over me. As president, I... You're the one person I'd never want to hate me. (laughs) There you go again. You're always making fun of me. You really piss me off. You know that? But I'm... I'm so grateful to you. I wonder if I'll forget about that, too. Gratitude for the sports festival, for me at Bigaoka, and for the school festival. I still haven't repaid you for everything, for all the things you've done for me. (laughs) That's fine. Even if you never repay me, I'll help you whenever you need will make you fall in love with me over and over again. Just leave it to your master. No, no, you're just talking stupid, dummy. 
23 hours, 55 minutes. Just five minutes were left to go, but it would appear that I am the victor. And this is the episode you mentioned earlier where like uh, this guy in a hoodie and glasses has been hypnotizing <laughs> students. <laughs> Bear with us, listeners. I forget what the, what the gimmick is. It's a, oh yeah, it's an open house at the school to have more female enrollment. And uh, he doesn't like girls. He's, he's, he's a misogynist. So he just wants kind of like, can I have things to make girls not come to the school? So he's been hypnotizing people. And he and because Masaki is coordinating all these events, he seeks to hypnotize her. And this is found out by both Misaki and Usui. And it's weird. The context of the series is a little unclear in kind of a Steven Universe way because, like, you're not sure to what extent people are aware of Usui and Misaki, like, as a couple. I mean, some characters are like Aoi, but, like, he says, like, ah, I'm, I must take down this power couple, which is kind of funny to me. So he hypnotizes Misaki to hate Usui the next time she falls asleep. There was, I mean, I mean, she stays up and she's she, got, she she's so grumbly in this episode, just like because Usui is by her side the entire time, and he uh, is trying to make sure that she doesn't fall asleep. And there's that scene in the staircase at the school, and that's that was that was part I think I texted you saying where are the teachers in the school? There's no one you want, but like there's a, there's a cliffhanger where like she uh, she seemingly falls asleep, and he's like that's, and then Kano just shows up. He's like it's been 24 hours, you know, the power couple is finally taken down. Dun dun dun. And I was like, this is this is ridiculously awesome. <laughs> so like that that bit I, I quite enjoyed. That was that's my number three. I will say that even yeah, the teachers are not around a lot and then there are times when a teacher does something that Misaki somehow can override or correct the teacher <laughs> because there is that one time where uh, Hitani was eating something and the teacher is about to take it away and Hitani gave like these puppy dog eyes and then the teacher's like, it's okay, it's okay. And then yeah. Misaki cops up and is like, no, it's not okay, master. There's rules for the reason. And it's like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> so it's, I mean, she can supersede all. Uh, yeah, I think that whole episode is uh, amazing especially when she's like supposed to be quote unquote drunk and he videos her like I'm drunk um, oh yeah for all of that yeah but yeah the the climactic scene right where it's like five minutes to go or or whatever and and they're there and yeah again just a peek through I think with with the feelings and getting to know this guy that you thought maybe would be a one off but he sure does mm-hmm. pop in a lot and becomes good friends with Yukimura yeah and I like that. I like the fact that it's it's, it's a very like non toxic thing that like he he witnesses the strength of Misaki and gets to know the other girls. And like, uh, it's kind of like, like a uh, American history X where he just kind of like does stuff with them and gets to know them. So he's not sexist anymore. And like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he kind of shows up, continually shows up. Uh, although he's kind of, he kind of has his eye on Misaki and Usui as a couple. But at that point I was like, I, I really enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's so like manipulative and gimmicky on the author's part, but I like how there's just these random, like, villains in the show like where did he come from <laughs> but I, I thought that was really cool it was like it's, it's a rare one where it seems that because because misaki's the main character but it was like this guy particularly had it out for usui because he could not hypnotize usui and like there's a moment where like he's like you know it doesn't work on anybody who has the slightest bit of doubt don't mess with me yeah so, so I, was, I was like I, I gotta see where this goes so um yeah that was and it, great yeah and it seems like he has the best sense that there is something between Usui and Misaki because I think everyone else is either clueless or they'd be like, no, no, that's ridiculous. They would never get along or go together. So it's interesting that he has that insight. Yeah, yeah. I, I think everyone – is him and Aoi are, are the ones who kind of like yeah. – there's always – yeah. they're given side eye and like, hmm, 
<laughs> and the manager is more of like a shipper, like, oh, but you two belong together. Yeah, exactly. The manager who like not not to kind of like you know backwards or, or backhandedly critique the the art design looks like she's a student. Like she doesn't look all that older. I think she's like thirty years old. Yeah. <laughs> and they all, like, like like one of the one of the maids with the glasses looked. I, I would have thought it would have been like the uh, the manager because she looked a little bit older. But like you know whatever. Yeah, she's she's always like around like oh I'm sure you two are a couple. He's your boyfriend. It's so cute that he's like stalks you every night. Yeah, I know, right? Do you have a favorite maid? Since we're on the topic of those characters, I kind of like the one. I think I think it was Erica. With- yeah, that's my favorite too. <laughs> yeah, she reminds me of Sailor Jupiter, and like the fact that like she, I think she was the one that like uh, wasn't she the one that was teamed up with Masaki when they were in the Footman uh, competition, or was that, was that another maid? No, I think it was wasn't it the one with glasses that you were talking yeah. about before? Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, must I think Erica couldn't because of her chest size. <laughs> yes, it was, a, it, was a, it was a technical obstacle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a way to phrase that. Oh, uh, yeah. Nonetheless, yeah, and I, 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 I agree a with you. Erica's pretty cool. Obstacle. Okay. I don't even know how to recover from that. <laughs> a it was an obstacle. They had to pretend to be men. You can't. You can't tie larger uh, breasts down. My goodness. I would have thought that they would like stuff their shirts. I, I knew girls who stuffed their shirts, and it was a little weird. But uh... stuffed their shirts. What do you mean? Oh, well, isn't that a thing where like I, 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 tweens and teenagers who like hope to be more perceived as more? Oh, sure. But we need the opposite to be a man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, so what are you thinking? Yeah, we were not going. We have to tie them down in order to protect. Right. Okay. Yeah, flat chest there. That's why Masaki was fine. She didn't have much of a chest there. <laughs> uh, okay. It, what a weird topic. Uh, my <laughs> number all that three. Out. <laughs> I know. No, I don't think so. At number three is episode seventeen. Usui becomes the enemy. But Misa, you really are reckless, aren't you? But I guess I've come to expect that from you by now. Oh, sweet. I'm sorry. I don't forgive you. (gasps) What would you do if I said that? like it. You being the beach princess, putting on clothes that would make guys stare at you, having your picture taken with them while they thought dirty thoughts about you. I just didn't want to see you like that, Ayuzawa, that's all. That's all? What do you mean? My dignity was your only reason for trying so hard to win? Yes. That's all it was? situation is way more important than something like that. To me, this is more important. You still don't get it? Uh, get what? You're always playing around, so how can I get anything? Fine, then look at me. Right now, I'm not playing around.
close the festival with a fireworks display. And this takes place on the second day of their summer vacation. So the hickey may still be on her back. Also, it may have faded. I don't know. So she, well, I should say Owie likes to dress as a Lolita type little girl. Um, yeah, you know and Do I know what a Lolita type? Yeah. I do. do would you like to explain to the audience? Oh, yeah, I mean, you can. I'm not, oh, I'm, not, I'm not pulling no. Donald Trump. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you I'm just wondering. You can't. No, I gave you the option. And so okay, she's sure. a, he. Sorry, he is a teen idol, dresses as Lolita type, which is a which is a kind of like cute small girl, or a, a kind of like just kind of very fancy, very kind of like like glamoured up young person, generally female. Uh, I guess I would be ka- kawaii if it was male and female, but yeah, it's, it's kind of this sort of small young girl presentation. And, of course, with reference to that book that you had just read, right, by Nabokov? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Aoi, so I wouldn't I, – do you consider that cross-dressing? I guess technically it is. Oh, Aoi's always cross, cross-dressing. Um, yeah, oh, okay. I just wasn't sure if that's like your job. Is it still considered cross-dressing or is it called something else kind of thing? Uh, yeah, there's, 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 I mean, there's a big gender conversation in this series between Aoi and Yukimura that we can kind of get into. But continue, yeah. please. I, I interrupted you. And I oh, no, no worries. So anyways, Aoi is kind of kicked out of his home a lot because his father doesn't like this, uh, this behavior, I'll say. And mm-hmm. he manages to find his way to the beach house where his manager's sister runs this beach house and the sister makes him go to work and doesn't allow him to dress up. But she says, if you win this volleyball competition, you may dress up and he needs to have, I think it's co-ed and he needs to have someone older. Maybe Um, I can't remember the exact, but, and you know, someone that's athletic and Oh, who's that going to be? Well, it's going to be Misaki. So Misaki has a certain fondness for Aoi and, and wants him to be able to be himself. And so they compete, compete, compete. And it's all fine and good until you find out that the winner is going to be like a beach queen and, you know, we'll have Dodine admirers and things like that. And Usui's not having any of that. So he partners mm-hmm. up with Erica and basically want to win. He want I think Erica just wants to win for funsies, but he wants to win so that Misaki's not objectified by other people that aren't him. And yeah. so uh, she gets really upset. He actually gets injured again, protecting her because she's about to run into the the uh, judge's chair that's on a volleyball court. And they have this conversation on the beach afterwards and she's asking why did you do that you know i was trying to help owie out and he's like you didn't re- you don't know or you don't understand and he has this really frank and genuine conversation that i didn't like it made me feel uncomfortable that you know people would be ogling you and she's still confused she's like you're always joking around how am i supposed to know and then he stops her and says look at me now am i joking around 
and they both this is the moment they both lean in for a kiss she's gonna be the second kiss and it's of her own volition her eyes are closing they're both leaning in and then fireworks happen so it's a big nope but uh but it was uh, a really just nice genuine moment and you could feel it and the fact that she i think is also admitting her feelings for him in leaning into that moment was why this is my number three I was going to ask if you've ever given somebody a hickey, but that's a little personal. So I'll just go back and say that fireworks is a big theme of this series. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. Fireworks is a big theme. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah, in the, in the, in, at the end of the first theme, the end end one, theme yeah. I, which I kind of figured, like, there's a shot of, like, their heads watching fireworks. And I was, and I was like, something tells me that this is how the series is going to end. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be. Who knows? Indeed so. But, like, uh, it's also kind of fun to see him. Whenever he is serious, I know there's, there's a bit in the early earlier in the series where, where he's like, you know, like you 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 actually are not taking the boys' opinions into into account, which I thought was a little bit like, yeah, but their opinions are crap. Like 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 they're not actually suggesting good ideas. Um, but whenever he's serious and like kind of is not messing with her, that's always a point of interest for the show. Um, Absolutely. Because he's always kind of like aloof and he's always like you know kind of disregarding the admirers of uh, the other girls. So. It can be tricky to get a read on this bloke. Nonetheless, it's interesting. So now on to number two. Uh, yes. I suppose it's back to me. My number two is from episode 19. Pei Kumanaoshi di Futaman. Footman through a change of pairs. <gasps> as we mentioned. Episode 
Igarashi's school is back, and I mean, this is actually said in the previous episode. The rival school is back, and they ha- they're so rich that they they have the funds to buy out the mate latte and transform it into like a butler's latte, which is a little—it's <laughs> just funny to me. Um, <laughs> so there's a competition to see who would who would be the first, uh, who would be like you know hired for this job, and, and it's and it's OTT as you might expect from anime. They, have to, they run up the hills carrying people on their backs and stuff, but they also have to kind of know the best kind of cutlery and the best kind of you know. English style pres- uh, presentation of uh, a dining set and the likes. Misa can't have this, so she teams up with one of the maids to. If, if, I think that the idea is if she wins, she will like uh, convince them to not do this. So you have a, a competition. It's revealed that there are men in these there parts, or women in these there parts, <laughs> <laughs> women posing as men. Uh, Aoi is discovered and is disqualified. Uh, Air has discovered and is disqualified. She was teamed up with Masaki. And it's down, it's, it's left, people are also questioning, um, there are partners who were Usui and Masaki. And, um, but you, we, we mentioned this before. But my, my moment that I want to mention is when they're on the balcony during a, during a break and Masaki leans out and falls all over and Usui rushes to kind of crush her fall, but he, she lands on him and he, he and he is injured from the fall. But he doesn't want to be disqualified. To, he wants to help her win, so he kind of hides this. Like his wrist is, is busted and stuff. And so they're presenting to the VP of the school, who's very like you know haughty, and you know he's like you know ah oh, what's going on. Masaki knows that he's that Usui's hurt, so she kind of carries the brunt of the the work for it. But Usui is so dedicated to make sure that no one suspects his injuries that he starts playing the violin, and this goes on for an untold amount of time, and. uh Masaki's like, stop, stop, stop. He's like, what's the matter? Is there something I should know? And she kind of admonishes the VP because, you know, real maids or butlers should care for one another to give the best service. And that, that means making sure that nobody's hurt and what have you. I mean, all that bit I found to be very, very heartening. And he's eventually kind of convinced to kind of let, let the maid latte live. All's well that ends well. But like that bit where, um, not even so much the fall itself, but the, the, the aftermath of the fall where, Usui is trying to fight through the pain, but um, Misaki is trying to help him out as well as finish the competition. Uh, it's my number two. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So again, him <laughs> protecting her and her also, yeah, just showing great concern. And he knows what's on the line for Maid Latte, and so he's there to to try to destroy that basically, and um, not destroy Maid Latte, but the the Mia Bigoka. Sort of. I guess that's not really their group, but um, well, it's a group of people. But it's I can't remember what the group is called. The dining group. The, the footmans or something. Yeah, the, the <laughs> I, I don't know. The vice president, you know. Oh, the Foot Clan. You're right. That is what it was. Yeah, that whole thing. Just how concerned she is for him and him. Yeah, fighting through the pain and, whew. Yeah, the tension with that. It's it's also just really nerve wracking because. Um, you've got the vice president who's a jerk and he's sitting there and just asking him to keep on and do more ridiculous things in order to try to get them disqualified and rejected and they keep fighting. So yeah, it's a good one. It's so over the top. (laughs) (laughs) Some bits are obvious. Like, okay, if you're going to compete in this thing, you should know how to set a dining table. And without having read the manga, I kind of clicked what what Usui's deal was from like the, uh, information given to us by the end theme animation. Where you kind of see, like, you know, okay, well, how does he know how to how to set this? And how does he know about like the English style, you know, tea set and all kind of stuff? And I was like, okay, there we go. This, this, there's a little bit of inference into his past, but yeah. I like, I just like how like high stakes and like there's like there's like a hundred of these guys, hundred teenage boys just competing for this thing randomly <laughs> that, that was set up like a week ago. It's just it, it's it's all it, it, to me. It reminded me of like 
a Pokemon tournament or something like that. Where it's like the stakes have never been higher. <laughs> and the fact that the first the first event is piggyback running several miles in the in in, in a butler uniform. There's yeah. Alfreds running around carrying each other. It's just like <laughs> what is this show? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I guess you just need to be to have endurance to be a butler. I mean, yes, yes. And have, having worked in a hotel restaurant, you absolutely do. But damn, I mean, like it, it's it's probably a strongman competition. But uh, and the fact that like uh, Misaki can can hack it is pretty cool. You can kind of see a lot more for physical prowess. So like, uh, I I dug it. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. I will say, yeah, in the manga, the, it does go into his past because it's so mysterious you have no idea what it is and you find out he's uh i guess it's kind of similar to our lead Uron. yeah a bit because he is an illegitimate son and you find out uh what is you know england and what's the connection with that in japan kind of a half brother comes back and there's all this stuff and uh yeah so it delves more into that but we don't really get that here in the series which i think with anime the popularity I think of the manga sort of informs whether the anime will continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's what I've read. So I think while it was popular, it wasn't probably as popular as, I don't know, Sword Art Online or whatever, one, uh, mm-hmm. Attack on Titan or whatever ones have been going on for so long. One Piece, that's has hundreds of episodes, doesn't it? Or your favorite, your little boxing one that you like. So well, yeah, I was, about, I was actually going to say because Ippo has over 1,200 chapters. But they have like three series and, the, and like the series have not even – they've barely scratched halfway through the oh manga. But like it, every, every few years they have like a 26-episode season. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so we just we just didn't get that. And I will say that it's rather reordered. So like the last episode is earlier. Like it's even the last episode that we see in the anime – that happens before the the witch episode, the lovey dovey that I mentioned. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so there's um, so they're kind of together, but not really together. A little sooner and working on things a little bit more, and then it's just like her getting through her self conscious behavior or whatever it is, and then overcoming his past and all of that stuff. So just to give you insight into the what the manga does. <laughs> his brother is John Cena. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, I knew when I was watching that trailer. But so this is a. Side of, of uh, Fast and Furious 9, sorry, the trailer just came out yesterday. When I was watching it, all this stuff was happening, and they're like saying, I can't remember what Who it was. Like, what, what's going on with this guy? And I'm like, oh, I think it's his brother. And then it's like, da, 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 da. And then Michelle Rodriguez, he's his brother. I'm like, oh, okay. Then there you go. <laughs> I saw that a mile um, I showed this to my dad, and like a full 30 seconds, he, he was like, I bet he's his brother. And then like, like he's Dom's brother. We both started laughing. I know. Oh my gosh! I mean, the biggest thing though is Han, of course, appearing out of the dead, still eating his little his chips and everything from beyond the grave. So they've got some explaining to do with that. I have to say, I am so in. <laughs> take, shut up and take my money. I know. Of all this, some people like really they roll their eyes at this whole thing, but I'm like, no, you don't understand. It is so good, and there are so many of them, but they keep getting better, more outrageous. Kind of like Mission Impossible. I feel like those actually get better too as you go along but anyways we have gone off the rails <laughs> um my number two was oh man it was really close with my number two and number one oh. but my number two is episode 25 hinata and masaki and usui so man this love triangle thing here mm. would you mind telling me my future with misa too <laughs> is it just my imagination or are there dogs in here 
Very well. I shall now tell your fortune. Toda Esperano, Eric Camomile. Ah! 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 She's totally avoiding eye contact. What does the reading say? Uh, oh well, um, it, uh... <sighs> Please be totally honest. I see. Very well. <gasps> For you two, there is... No future at all! Suck! The crystal ball sees fire and water. You two have the worst of compatibility. Neither one of you can accept the other. However, if you wish to continue being with each other, you will have to attempt the great challenge that awaits, or else your future is doomed for certain failure. But she didn't have anything to say about us! Can't you do some kind of follow-up or something? Please, oh wise Erica! We should, we should probably, probably get, get out, out of here. here. We'll, we'll just, just be, be on, on our way. way. Don't, Don't mind, mind us. us. See you tomorrow. Oh, bye, Misa. Good work today. Well, you waited for me? That bottomless pit Sanchita was hanging around for a while, too. But he finally left. <sighs> that bother you? Why should it? There may be some unexpected uh, turn of events awaiting you, Ayuzawa. That is, if Mr. Sanchita hits a winning home run from behind. Hey. I see. Our compatibility was just that terrible, was it? Wait a minute, Usui. Don't tell me that you actually believe any of that fortune-telling crap. Is that why you're so cold towards me, Misa? No, that's because you're a perverted freak. It must be our compatibility that makes you say Are that. you some kind of idiot? Fire and water can never be together. What? So you're saying you plan to give up on me over something stupid like this? And I will say with Hinata that in the manga, you and you can kind of tell maybe a bit with the anime, but not as much. Something could potentially happen between the sister and Hinata. So he's not like destined to be alone, but there's some flirtation there. I can't remember her. Name. Oh, because uh, uh, they had they like they mentioned that like they watched the, the same show when they were kids or something like that. Yeah, the little burger thing. Suzuna, yeah. I think is her name. Yes. Maybe. So later on, there might be something between them. Uh, so this episode, uh, there are two parts I would release it because it's the ends with a festival, but it's this first part that I really want to focus on. And there's another made, there's another made latte, uh, theme day and it's fortune telling, which Erica, this is one of the reasons why I love Erica just because of, especially in the dub, because I think maybe the subtitle version has something different, but she just has really weird, uh, chants that she does that always involves her name. Um, hmm. like Miri Erica. I don't know. It's just really <laughs> weird. But so she sets herself up as this fortune teller. And different people get their fortunes told. Like the idiots get their fortune told. Can't remember what happened, but that's pretty negative. Every all of these people are coming up and saying, "What is my fortune with Misaki?" And Misaki's oh, yeah. awkwardly standing over there. So the idiots, no future, basically. Hinata goes up, the childhood friend, and that future with Misaki is flat as a paper balloon. And then Usui gets up. He's like, "Well, in that case, because he probably thought that, hey, it's going to be positive. That one is incompatible, like fire and water, and that there's going to be some trial." ahead and if they compete or if they complete that trial they might 
they might work out. Uh, so everyone is pretty depressed over this. And the day goes on. You don't really see where Usui went. Masaki finishes her shift. And guess who's there, of course? Usui. And he appears depressed about the fortune. And the this my favorite mo- this is I mean I wrote it's oh. so hard to choose this but she has this Freudian slip which is the, one of the most open things she had said oh, and yeah. it just comes out where like he's going on and on like we're you know we're firing, we're not going to make it all that stuff and she says are you going to give up on me over something like this you know easily mm-hmm. over something like this and then she stops right away her eyes get wide because she realized what she has said Usu Sui is shocked as well, and then they just stand there in silence. And it's, yeah, it's just one of my favorite moments. Just that slip there of, whoa. And then you realize, like, hey, you're kind of understanding now what is at stake and how you feel about him. So, I yeah, I absolutely love that moment. Afterwards, unfortunately, with Hinata, he pops up and sees them and then walks away. Um, but just focusing on on those two, I love that moment. Okay, it must have been episode 25. So I jumped the gun when I mentioned him, like, kind of crying. But, like, yeah, that was a good moment. Kind of crying. <laughs> it was well said. Hinata was a character that, like, um, because in the credits, the second theme, you start seeing him, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I've not seen that guy in the series before, so who is he? And then like, he shows up, like in the last like, five episodes. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like um, Karu from Ava. But like, uh, he he's a good character, because I like the idea that like Usui's rival isn't some, you know, rival. He's, he's, like, he's not Jacob, the werewolf, where he's just like kind of angry, oh. angry and whatever, and like listening up for children. Like, he's an aloof like, you know, happy-go-lucky character who you would not presume to be in some sort of, like, you know, test for Usui. And Usui is actually, Usui uh, d- displays a lot of negative characteristics because of him. Like, he calls him, like, he calls him some sort of name and stuff. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I like that moment, too, where it was like, you gotta give up on me! And, yeah, like, <laughs> her anger is so honest that, like, it can't help but betray her romantic feelings it's it's that's why i like her as a character like she's uh, even if you can kind of argue politically in terms of like you know the gender politics of the series it's it's entertaining how touch and go the romance is on her side and and it's kind of fun Mm -hmm. seeing her blush and yell and clench her eyes shut and then stuff always always kind of comes up to the front that's that's good stuff absolutely i think i i I said this before for robotech and i got it wrong last time but i think we might have the same number one Oh, we might. I was just thinking that. I wondered if I messed up, and we usually do our honorable mentions here. We usually do, but whatever. Um, I mean, I'm so sorry. Did you do your own? You, you did your honorable mentions earlier, right? Yeah, we did them in the beginning, but I'll have to re. I should put my. I should make a note for next year's. Whoever's on with me. <laughs> wait, wait, what? What? <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you were planning to kill me, or or just playing this. So. I just want to ask you in listing my number one, because what my number one is, it will be my question. So my number one is... Zurusugiru yo Aizawa Usui no Aho. Too Cruel Aizawa and Usui the Idiot, episode 26, when they kiss in the new series. That is my number one as okay, well. Okay, finally. <laughs> <laughs> I've been like, I can't see how it couldn't be. Yeah. Perfect. We'll be able to see the fireworks and no one will bother us. Are we allowed in here? We're not doing anything wrong, so it Are should be ready? fine. Hang on. What's wrong? Ayuzawa. What's with you? There's nothing wrong at all. Is that right? Then I'm glad. 
Maybe we should go somewhere else. It would be more fun to see the bonfire up close, right? Uh, are you holding back? About the fireworks? I don't care too much. That's not what I'm talking about. Are you... Have you been holding yourself back all this time because of me? Why do you think that? Uh, no reason. I just sort of thought that maybe that was the case. Huh. How perceptive... So you have been holding back. What if you... Are you, Zawa? Are you trying to make me say it? If you answer my question, I'll answer yours, too. What? What makes you care about me? What kind of question is that? I... I guess my answer is, I don't know. You don't know? Then, did you know that at times like this, it's impossible for you to lie? What? What are you talking about? Ayuzawa, why is your face turning so red? It's not red at all. Are you nervous? No, I'm not. <laughs> Ayuzawa, aren't you the one who's holding back? I'm sorry, I went too far. I am holding back. Oh. I've been holding back. Why did it turn out this way? Why did it have to be you? I don't get it at all. You're a pervert and all you do is piss me off. You're still running ahead Ayuzawa. of me, making it look so easy. You make fun of me all the time. Calm this down. Is your fault. What are if you... I hadn't done that stupid game, I wouldn't have realized. The truth is, I've always wanted to hold your hand. Just when I think I've got you figured out, it's like you lose me again. What are you thinking? I, I just don't get it. I don't understand why my heart won't stop racing when I'm around you, or, or why I have to get so lonely when we're apart. I why are you... You're the only one who can make me feel like this. longer do you plan to make me hold back? I pick fights with you because I want to see your reactions. Normally, you're the hard-headed student council president, but suddenly you'll look cute or surprised, or you'll be completely worked up over nothing. You asked me if I've been holding back? I've held back so many times that I can't give an answer. Just like right now. Stupid Usui. So it's your show. You want to talk about it? Well, no, I will give you that honor. Oh, man, I forget what happens. So throughout this, was it, was it a two-parter or was it all in this episode? It was a two-parter because uh, the one I just mentioned, the second half of it is they go to that festival mainly to be with Misaki's friends. That's right. Because that one girl likes the Uexmishi or whatever they're called, Umishi. That will band, and then they get roped into that little competition. Well, the oh, competition yeah. starts, I guess, with this episode. That's right. Yeah. Uh, side note: I really like uh, Shizuku. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have any time for yeah. Uh, what's her name? Stop um, girl. 
yeah, any time for that. And, and she just yells at her and soccer. Ah! Oh, oh my god! Yeah. Like, you know, well, well, we wait here for two hours. That's plenty of time for me to lecture you. <laughs> I was like, that's that's good stuff. But she's cool. I, I, I love girls with glasses and short hair. Like, like that's 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 why Sailor Mercury is my favorite Sailor Scout. But anyway, it, it, there's this whole thing where they have to compete in this. I forget why this, why they have to do this, but like they have to compete in this sort of competition where they're essentially t- together and they got to hold hands throughout the whole thing, right? And they have to like, like at one point she he has to feed her. She can't use her, she she can't use her chopsticks with her right right hand. So it's okay, yeah. she can't use her chopsticks because her her feeding hand is is, is kind of because they have to hold hands the entire time for this competition. Yep. So he has to feed her, and they kind of go through this sort of like like t- almost ton of love esque kind of thing, and it's very very much kind of designed for couples. And you know she's just like bitching and moaning about the whole thing essentially, but. Ultimately, there's a part where I think they, they end up in a crowd and he lets go of her hand and she either like grabs it in reaction or just like wishes that he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost it's actually fairly manipulative because he, he kind of, I think, talked her into this, knowing how, how this is going to happen to her psychologically. But it ends up they are dressed as Romeo and Juliet and end up in a building where they can kind of see the fire, fireworks at the end of the day. And they couldn't see it with their friends close up closer. And he even offers that, but she stops him and says, okay, okay, stop it. Like, you know, why am I like this? Why do you always leave me so confused? Why you, you, you sexually harass me and you make fun of me and you tease me. And then you always go away. And when you're not, when you're not here, I wonder what, where you've gone to. And why am I always wanting my hand to be held by yours? I understand. And she starts rambling. He's even like, like, like I use our, I use our. And like, uh, and he's like, you're really too cruel. Also, like, like this is all because, um, Kuga, the, the guy from the rock band, had yep. said, "Why are you? You know, you know, he's holding back. Why are you so cruel to him?" Because he had asked her, "Are you guys officially dating?" She was like, "No, of course not." So she's she's really in her feelings that like, oh, he's holding back, and like, what does that mean? And so she's the poor girl is so confused by how she feels yeah. and what what he's feeling. So she just starts rambling, and she's and she's being very honest, saying, "I I want your I want you to hold my hand. I don't want you to leave me. And all that kind of stuff. You know what what is what is wrong with me, and why have you done this to me, and all that kind of stuff." And he's like, "Um." Don't you see? I'm crazy about you, which he has said before. <laughs> he just kind of repeats for like the fifth time. You're like, I am in love with you. And then once the fireworks start, he takes her head and she holds his hand and they kiss. And that's a really nice image, I think. And so she even repeats after that. You know, I love you. I was just like, I hate you, Uso, you idiot. But they're still holding hands. And yep. that's the end of the show. Spoilers. Spoilers indeed. Yep. That's the beginning of their relationship. And uh, just because they're together there doesn't mean that, you know, it's all nice, but they, she still has to work on her feelings. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like that whole verbal vomit at the end and finally, you know, wrestling with this, like I'm so confused and these are my feelings and everything. I think he's caught off guard because, you know, she doesn't normally talk like that, but it's a true moment of honesty between the two of them. I love the contest, right? He took it as a sign from magical Erica because she said that you'll undergo some sort of challenge. And if you win, you might be able to make it starts with uh, this magic locket, I think is a, um, like the passport kind of of, you know, we're in this competition. So it starts with him putting this necklace around her and then they hold hands and yeah, you got the food competition and then they start destroying the competition faster. And you think they were the only couples, but you hear mentions of other couples, but they're like destroying everyone else. And they get this weird following of people like talking about the super couple, which is really hilarious. <laughs> Another moment I like is when they're in that balloon ball pit and they have to find 
a particular balloon and she's like really into the competition now and is having fun and she like squeezes his hand to pull him like hey let's find this balloon and that shocks him and surprises him as well and catches him off guard but yeah that whole thing uh, i very much like that and even yeah when he lets go of her hand like she clearly feels that void and i think they get lost in the crowd at one point and she goes to reach for his hand out of instinct so i think those are all moments of like oh she's understanding what this is really like and (laughs) the romeo and juliet however uh, sort of negative foreshadowing, but you know things don't necessarily happen in that way with all that stuff. But yeah, just a really nice moment at the end. The fireworks, as you said, yeah. nice little foreshadowing there, and uh, yeah, nice kiss and holding the hands and going back to normal as well, being a stupid Usui and uh, too cruel Ayazawa. So yeah, it was. I think it's a nice end to the series. I always say the thing I was messaging you that like near the last few episodes, I was getting a little bit annoyed because he he had since said you know. I'm in love with you. And maybe because I'm an adult, I can kind of see how he's flirting with her. And she was still like, you know, oh, you're just being a weird alien pervert, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. Not, you're never serious. And like, and then when she would kind of get confused, I was like, okay, come on. Like, like are you, you can't be, you're not dumb. You're not unintelligent. So like, I'm glad that like, I was worried that this series would end without any some sort of catharsis in that way. Mm. I was worried that like mm-hmm. they weren't going to kiss. I was worried that there wasn't going to be any change. And it was going to kind of got to be like, oh, the last episode is another competition. So I was I was getting concerned that like we, there wasn't they weren't going to go anywhere. So when they did, and she said, you know, I don't know how I feel, and you made me confused. I was like, ah, thank you. <laughs> there we are. So I enjoyed. You know, there was no no wrongdoing. I think on their part. And I'm happy to report that the final epi- uh, chapter of the manga fast forwards, I think, 10 years. And she is a diplomat, and he is a doctor to some king in England, actually. And they get married. Oh, good. They don't end up with other people. <laughs> no, no. So it is a nice little happy ending. And she, they're like flying away on a helicopter, which isn't tr- like hanging on to a rope. It was, uh, or hanging on to a ladder. And she calls him stupid Usui. And he says, You realize you're an Usui now, too, which I thought was really good. <laughs> so it ends, it ends really well. And I do, I mean, if you decide after this to watch the show and you really like i do highly recommend the manga um just there it's shipperific for sure and hijinks and the it, little idiots and uh, more hijinks oh, yeah. so yeah i definitely recommend often. that <laughs> yeah well uh how, how far does the anime get into the manga series like would you say like it's like halfway is it a third of the way is it most of the way uh interesting maybe i yeah i would say halfway okie dokie Gotcha. Is it, I find, there are 18 I, chapters, so about 9 or 10, I think. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I, I find it true that you said that they started switching up the order of some things. Maybe they realized that it wasn't going to go for a second and they wanted that climax. to. I don't know how ordering episodes works, but maybe they wanted that climax to be the kiss. Well, sure. I, I can see how it would be difficult to kind of have a second season and just be like, this is a couple, but she's also a maid. And she, <laughs> I, I can see the manga continuing, you know, as, as a singular narrative, but this one being a little weird as like, a lot, cause most anime now aren't given more than a budget for 26 episodes. Yeah. So I can kind of get how, you know, that's, it's not so much clipping, but it's kind of the, the end of that story, which is a shame. Cause I, I would like to kind of check out the manga and see how things wrapped up. That's how I kind of did with Uron. I didn't necessarily read it, but I tried, I read, I read what happens because I was yeah. curious. Yep. Um, and that's why I think that, I mean, I really like Goron, but I, I do like how, I like this more because this, I, I forget how much romance actually was in Goron. To me, it was much more of kind of a non comedy show. 
Because it, it ended with like that horse race and stuff, and um, Tamaki didn't think he had to go back to his family. Yes. I don't remember them ever like really getting together. So yeah. this one no. is a lot more cathartic. Yeah, yeah, I think they're just holding hands potentially at the end. No, I guess there is a kiss because doesn't the father freak out that, oh, that was the father who also cross-dresses, that, you know, oh, oh that was her first kiss or whatever. Wasn't oh, that with the woman? <laughs> oh, that is right. Oh, yeah. Bobelia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I always remember Renge. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I, I thought you were going to be like stomping around, being all angry over me forcing you to watch this. Yeah, you forced me to watch lesser things. Well, I mean, like, uh, it got to a point where, like, I want to watch more. It was, it was I, I know I'm into an anime where I'm like, okay, one more episode, one more episode. I, I wanted to, and I didn't like everything in terms of, like, oh, you know, sure. attention span. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I kind of was, like, halfway looking at my phone, uh, the episode of, like, like the, 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 the folk oh, tale. Oh, yes. Yeah, with the peach. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really paying much attention to that. I was, I was like, right, let's go and get back to, like, the hijinks and stuff. And there would be kind of one-off, almost filler episodes, which I'm sure was in the original series, where you get to other characters, like, um, one of the three it is was, like, was like a gang boss. And <laughs> yeah. there's another episode with Aoi and Kano and Yukimura making a video. And I, I, I kind of didn't pay much attention to those, but, like, when they got back to the whole, yeah. you know, him and her face and, like, you know, her feeling like you know flustered and stuff i'm like hey, yeah here we go yeah so. yeah they're the the main ones that we certainly care about yuki mura you want to talk a bit about him didn't you before we end well there's a whole you know Aoi is this like online net idol who is, is like a 14 year old boy just as, who's just as a woman and people have his a following as because people believe that Aoi and the net idol is yeah. a girl and you have yuki mura who maintains that you know i'm a boy there's nothing feminine about me but he has this kind of very like kind of simpering disposition which people associate with, with with femininity so and i think that like manga female mangaka are much more interested in issues of gender mm. if you look at like um, rumi takashi i'm the I'm, i hope that's your, your correct name who uh, is behind works like uh round my one and a half where that the the purpose or the, the story of that is a boy who falls in the water and becomes a girl oh. if you look at sailor moon there's a lot of queer characters there's a lot of like Clearly, I mean, I mentioned before a few years ago with Sailor Mercury and Sailor, uh, I'm sorry, not Sailor Mercury, Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune are together. There are uh, Sailor Scouts who turn in from men into women. There's a lot of there's queer, queer villains there. There's like, you know, the uh, Uran with, because I believe Uran was was written by yes. a woman, right? Yeah, there's there's that whole thing with the cross-dressing. So I think women uh, manga writers and artists are just generally more engaged with uh, issues of gender and topics of gender. So I think that like this one, I mean, I don't know what they're trying to say with Yukimura in Aoi, but you can infer that it's just idea of what we're born as doesn't 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 define us in terms of how we present gender wise, which is which is forward thinking, especially in 2010. But you, you just you just kind of wonder how seriously that's taken in its actual society. I, but, but again, I don't know for sure what, what that is. So that's just it was interesting in this very like kind of like, you know, hetero straightforward romance that that kind of kept popping up throughout the and show. And the weird thing is that if that if Usui hadn't assaulted Yukimura with the kiss, I don't know that any of the following stuff with Yukimura would have happened. 
Yeah, which is kind of a drag for him. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, he's yeah, thought that. of as being feminine. Kano is comfortable around him, and I think has said something, you know, kind of is the gateway between being comfortable with women almost because you've got Yukimura. Yukimura is kidnapped at one point by the delinquents because he's thought to be a girl. He has to run that race accidentally with the maid outfit that was put in the <laughs> that was made by the three idiots. So it's, yeah, it's very interesting. There's actually a really hilarious moment that I um, had to rewind just because of how well I think it's, I guess, acted as well as written. But he goes to get, oh, it was the hypnotism episode. And he goes to get some blueberry extract. Mm-hmm. And he leaves the room and Usui is there. And he says something. I can't remember what he says, but he says, she, he, because like he's about to, you oh, know, yeah. Yukimura is da da da, isn't she? And and so the fact that people are confusing poor Yukimura, I don't know, I don't know, you know, is Yukimura gay potentially? Was he forced into that? It's like he didn't have a choice though. It's almost like he was forced into that because of the kiss with Usui. There's another lap up moment that I have with Yukimura. We're like in the camping episode. At the end, the three idiots are kind of having this sort of like you know blood fever oh, with like we gotta find a girl. There's one over there, and it kind of just pans over this Yukimura. <laughs> Oh, poor guy. Oh, yeah, that, that, that one got me. That one made me laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, heavens. Oh, boy. Well, I am so glad that you enjoyed this. Well, thank you very much. It was, it was another rounding success in terms of uh, a recommendation. And then we, we, don't have, we don't have to talk about irregular high school stuff. So, like, uh, okay. I look forward to what, what you or I were going to recommend to each other. Well, you've seen Carol on Tuesday, right? I'm not. Uh oh. That'll be I'm my next here. recommendation, then, I guess. You're not going to bring somebody else. Oh, no, I'm just saying you should watch it. It's in the same universe as Cowboy Bebop, too. Yeah, because I know, know, because Harold, Harold, Harry, (laughs) Harry and I were just, we we talk about stuff all the time in between recording, and like we'd mentioned, like other stuff that that Shinichiro Watanabe, who did Cowboy Bebop, has done, and I know he did that. And I think um, one of our guests on our show, Kelly, had mentioned it, too. So, like, I was aware of that show when you started posting on Facebook. So I, I, will, I will definitely check that yeah, out. Yeah, and that's another thing that gets into, I think, gender identity. And it brings up a lot of issues that are current now. Uh, it talks about immigration and, like I said, gender identities and things like that and, and queerness. Uh, so I highly recommend that. And music, it's all surrounding music. So similar mm. to uh, Cowboy Bebop. Okay. Unfortunately, I think the anime that I've, that I've been watching uh, outside of this is Psychopaths, but there's no real romance in that. Uh, so <laughs> it's dark and violent. So oh, I recommend yeah. it, but not, not on the same You level. know, my general one is um, uh, Slice of Life. That's my my go to genre. And would you call this Slice of Life, or is this kind of romance? That's interesting. Um, huh. Maybe. Maybe. I also like school anime. Um, so that I think mm-hmm. that was why this I may have trended towards it potentially but i do think it is a romantic comedy as well yeah i don't know if i've seen slice of life so much i'm not sure what to compare it to because this one's a very like there's a lot of romantic tension there's a lot of comedy yeah. so I, I would imagine slice of life would be a bit more grounded than this but again I'm, you would seen more than i have so i'm not sure well it's that time where you tell listeners where they can find you You'd find me on Backgirl to Oracle next month talking about Backgirl. Oh, we don't. No, 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 no. We don't know. <laughs> don't tell them lies. We don't know. <laughs> I don't know why you're well, laughing. This is serious business, sir. Exactly right. This is a very, very good story that you're going to And write. I have um, a, a backup co-host when you fail me. When I feel such such an evil little thing. What if, I mean, did you ever doubt that I was going to get get through this show? Like, what if I said, "Oh, I'm not going to watch"? I don't that know. Show. Well, here's here. You have a poor track record, I would say. 
Um, because as we were talking, I remember I recommended to you Samurai Shampoo, and you still haven't watched that. It took you years to watch your name. Finally, you did. Uh, you haven't read The Power, which I gave you last year. And then, yeah, this Last of Us business, I think you were given it last year and still nothing. By Harry. <laughs> by, yeah, by Harold himself. So I don't know. Anyway, so he might be on parent, uh, for, for Friends, Parents, Friends. He might be on. He might not. Who knows? Well, he has read those issues because uh, offer my recommendation. This is this is the recommendation podcast. So <laughs> You can find Stella on the next episode of Questions We Don't Have Answers. I can't believe it. When she teams up with her old companion, Professor Karen Coke. Is she professor? <laughs> the prof. Yeah, let's only call her professor on that episode. The professor. She, Carolyn, and Harry will uh, tag team on me, and we'll, we'll have this basic, you know, cloud up, dust up fight over Ooh. the upcoming Harley Quinn film, which is for some reason called Birds of Prey, <laughs> on questions we don't have answers, asking the question, what is the future of women in the action genre? And if you forget about that episode, just know that I do a podcast with Harrison Chute called Questions We Don't Have Answers that can be found on QNOAnswers.com. I also write for DC Universe. Um, it's hard to find. You, you can't really search my name, but just look on the news section. You can find the things that I've written under my accredited name. And you can find me on – I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Just just, just do the math and you can find Indeed. me there. And I will be stalking Donovan and posting updates every week on his PlayStation. I forgot to do it last night, but I'll do it today uh, to see if he logs in and what games he has played recently. So far, it's been over a month, and I saw Spider-Man. I saw Street Fighter Five, <laughs> and I can't remember what the third one was that you had. It's Mega Man 11. There you go. Yep, but Last of Us, nope, not even loaded up on his good old PlayStation, so... Well, I, I, my room was, I told you my room was rearranged. It sure was. <laughs> it was feng shui'd. Yes, yeah, so it's right in front of me right now. As I, I'm literally, on my right is my PS4. On my left are my books where I can see The Power by Naomi Alderman. So oh, wow. I'm trapped by choices. Yeah, I guess uh, once you finish reading all your James Baldwin, uh, you can finally start on that. Indeed. So I also recommend this literature recommendation, Shadow of the Back Girl by Sarah Cunningham, illustrated by Nicole Gell. Wow, okay. That, and that I is, assume you're going to be doing a review on the BatmanUniverse.net. It's already written. Oh, this has to be posted by, uh, uh, I think, Ian lovely, Miller. Lovely, lovely. Okay. Well, remember, you can send any questions or comments to BatgirlTheOracle at gmail.com. You can find the show on Google Play and Stitcher, like the show on Facebook, or follow it on Twitter at BatgirlTheOracle, and follow the Batman Universe on Facebook and Twitter as well. And be sure to support the Batman Universe by subscribing to Patreon. Once again, thanks to My High Comics for sponsoring Batgirl the Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. And until next time. Same made time, same made channel. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fly on, Babs lovers. And shippers and everywhere. And shippers everywhere. Shippers, 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 shippers everywhere. <laughs> shippers everywhere. Could you imagine? Just plain Barbara Gordon masquerading for a lark as she rides into the night on her special Batgirl cycle. Who knows? Is the dynamic duo destined to become the triumphant trio? Only time will tell us more about this dazzling dare doll. Love a happy ending, don't you? The 
internet's rife with footage of Spider-Man chasing the black cat across the rooftops. And apparently, there are hordes of young people cheering them on. They're called shippers. No, that has nothing to do with boats. It's short for relationship. As in, they really want Spider-Man and the black cat to be together romantically. Or they really don't. And they have quite intense arguments about it. Flame wars, I believe, is the term. You know, in my day, we didn't have time for flame wars about shipping. You know why? Because we had jobs! So here's J. Jonah Jameson's public service announcement to our youth. You're into shipping? Join the Navy!